in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good, at, uh, excuse me, good morning. Good morning on this Thursday, September 22nd. This thing. John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Day two, we are coming to you from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. It's a little bit of the uh, overcast morning here in, in D.C. Still very, very warm. Still very warm, as a matter of fact. Still very humid. Feels um, the way it felt actually in our area, maybe say in August. But I'm overlooking, I see Capitol Hill. The morning commute has come to a close. Uh, Washington, very, very busy these days. By the way, the, the um, nation's capital, it just, it really looks fantastic between the, uh, just the amount of how clean it is, uh, big police presence, heavy security, as you can imagine. So I recognize that maybe uh, since the pandemic, people stopped visiting. I I highly encourage you, um, as someone that has traveled to Washington a number of different times over the years, I I just, it's one of those areas, it just continues to get better and better. You know what is also interesting, though, is there's a a popular breakfast lunch spot right on Capitol Hill and right near where I am staying and right where the broadcast facility is. And they do tremendous business, good quality, but they close each day now at 3 o'clock. And it used to be a place, you know, late in the day, you could still get a delicious sandwich or a salad or, you know, what have you, or just a cup of coffee or some place to meet. And I can remember years ago, even being there in, into the early evening, their tables outside, and they had frozen drinks and so forth. Closed at 3 o'clock. And so I figured yesterday I just I said to the manager, I'm, I'm just, I am a little curious. How come? He said, we can't, we simply can't find the work. Can't find the workers. Nope. Since the pandemic, people that got money, they used to have worked two jobs. They no longer work two jobs. There's so many people now. They get all these different government programs. And where a part-time job used to provide them, you know, whatever it was, a couple hundred dollars a month. And they would work a couple couple of, uh, they'd go to a, a, a job during the day and then come here for a few hours in the afternoon and nighttime. They have evaporated. And, um, and it's the consumers that, that lose out because they're in a great spot. And I just remember it as a very convenient place and good quality food and... and um, Folks, something has to be done with all these policies that is preventing. Uh, it's really like qual. It's it's really inconvenience. I know some people may say, "Well, isn't that too bad for you that you don't have blah blah?" But you know, well, it's, it's not a matter of that. It's it's just more that there, there's something wrong. This is the that place to me is just a perfect example. Of it was a very convenient place to you know be able to get something late in the day. And and by the way, the the business is there; they just can't find the workers to work it. So uh, we have some other guests coming up now. Obviously, the battle for the border, folks, continues to be the lead story. This portion of the John DePietro show on this Thursday. We are back tomorrow, by the way, but it's brought to you by Matthews Oil. Call them today, four zero one. 942-7500-401-942-7500 Matthews Oil Company they'll keep you warm this winter four generations keep you nice and comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery you can depend on Matthews Oil premier dealer Rhode Island delivering the highest quality heating fuels uh, service and maintenance at Matthews Oil they provide providing reliable affordable service call them today. Now listen, it is starting to get chilly. 401-942-7500. 401-942-7500 for Matthews Oil. Now folks, before we start with some of our different guests, 
I am cognizant of a lot of the news that's happening, obviously, in, um, in the region and the situation regarding, well, there's several things, actually. One, obviously, is the situation uh, that we had mentioned yesterday, and that was the confirmed that it was tragically, but Mayor Susan Menard. And so uh, we've been talking about that. Stations actually have been talking about that. How about also, you know, there's a little bit of a twist on this. So the Celtics coach is facing punishment for violating team rules for a year. The interim coach may be former Hendrickson star, former Johnston star, West Virginia, Joe Missoula, has become the bench coach for the Celtics. He went for the Utah Jazz job, didn't get it. He may end up being the Celtics interim coach for the year. So I think that's um, interesting. And then also the truck tolls were turned off last night. And that is, that is absolute, the fact that the people that had no problem doing press conferences and getting in front of the camera when the truck tolls were introduced, uh, the fact that none of them would go online, or excuse me, go in front of the camera, you know, make themselves available last night, is, um, is really, really just uh, pathetic, as a matter of fact. Uh, and this whole business that they... The fact that they had no problem, that was completely wrong with what happened. And there was no reason for those truck tolls to be put in. The last I saw, it cost $76 million to put them in place. It then cost $7 million in legal bills. Do the math now, right? 76 plus 7, you're up to $83 million plus all the man hours to install them. What's the net? Ten million. So over three years, the truck to- four years, the truck tolls brought in one hundred million. And instead, when the- everything was paid out, it was a basically the way I look at it, a net gain of ten million dollars. Just ten million dollars. So, what an absolute joke. So, folks, we're going to be uh, speaking with our first guest, Sheriff Donahue, is uh, going to be joining us. So, and, um, and folks, again, I can't stress enough just how, how much, there you are, Sheriff, have a seat. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us right here. Whoop, here we go. Quite all right on the John DePietro Show. And good morning, Sheriff Donahue. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Sheriff, I want to just uh, give people um, just a little bit about your background. You are the sheriff for Canyon County, Idaho, having a unique distinction, both being a sheriff and a member of the Angel family, Canyon County, Idaho. Um, you're serving a third term as sheriff, vocal supporter of border security. Let's start off with a member of the, uh, the Angel family of Canyon County. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's um, not a great distinction, right? The Angel family are, yeah. are families of, uh, have lost loved ones to uh, criminality by illegal aliens yeah. in this country. And, and unfortunately, I, I lost a nephew uh, about a year and a half ago to that very circumstance where a person who's in this country illegally um, and was working for a trucking company out of Laredo, Texas, of course, un- undocumented and, and uh, not here legally, not licensed to drive, but was driving a semi-tractor trailer up in my part of the world and uh, literally uh, was driving uh, under the influence of alcohol twice the legal limit and driving a semi. It's about 830 at night, if I recall, and uh, literally drove his semi through my, my nephew's pickup truck oh. uh, at 80 miles an hour and uh, obviously uh, killed on impact. So... Unfortunately, you know, that's one of my duties is to, for the family at least, to go claim the body and identify and arrange the funeral and speak at the funeral. And it's just, you know, senseless crime. Nothing good about it. Nothing good about it. No. Sheriff, uh, Vice President Harris appeared on Meet the Press. And again, folks, good morning. Right now it's 1115 you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. My guest is Sheriff Donahue from uh, Canyon County, Idaho. Sheriff, Vice President Harris appeared to meet the press and claimed that we have a secure border. What, what, are you, what is your thought on that? 
Well, I'm not sure how explicit you want me to be, but but it's a absolutely ludicrous statement, absolutely ridiculous statement. Uh, there's, I I don't I won't. It it, it almost doesn't re- resemble anything close to reality uh, because it's not secure. It's completely unsecure. I know that the the president's press secretary said a week or two ago before I was on Fox uh, the last time that it was not like just like people just walking across. And of course, I was on Fox said, well, no, they're not just walking. They're swimming. They're crawling. They're yeah. doing every number of things. And it's just it's offensive, really, John, to have the vice president of this country or anyone established associated with that administration to say such things when you've got so many men and women working the border, fighting for their lives, quite frankly, the citizens on the border fighting for their lives, to say nothing of the interior states where all of that criminality then lands lands in our laps and we're having to face it. And just like the story we just told, pretty offensive uh, and, and in my opinion criminal because I think that that uh, Vice President Harris and others are complicit in the crimes that these people are committing and the criminality that's coming across that border with the cartels. What is one of the attractions and where do they primarily come from? Now in our region mm-hmm. um, get a, a, a large population from Guatemala. Yeah. They like the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Providence holds one of the largest populations, if not the largest Guatemalan population. So different pockets of the country, uh, obviously, you know, people from Venezuela go one place, Mexico. But uh, what, what, is, what about Idaho? What, where do you see the most coming from? Uh, primarily from Mexico. From Mexico. Uh, but, then, mm. but we are starting to see this uh, a significant rise. I should say it has been Mexico. We're seeing a significant rise in the South American, Central South American, American folks okay. that are coming there. You know, we are still agriculturally based for the most part. Uh, yep. and But we also have industry. And so that's what we're seeing. And, of course, they, they are able to assimilate in and in different areas. More in your urban area versus your rural area. Sure. Yeah. And, and Sheriff, um, you know, the... the Something that I don't think is highlighted enough, and the administration almost seems oblivious to it, is that this is big business. This mm-hmm. is a cottage industry. The cartels. This is there are. This is such an a huge operation of illegal, organized crime business that's taking place because it's not only human smuggling. It's not only you know getting the people over the border. But as we know, it, it is also the amount of fentanyl that is coming over the border. Yeah, and uh, you're right. And it is a very highly complex, very orchestrated organization that's had decades to refine its business model and, and, its, and its distribution points. And you're talking somewhere, you know, the estimates are always change each year, but somewhere between that 50 to $100 billion industry a year, that's big money, like you just said. And realize there's nine cartels. Roughly eight to nine cartels that are active at any given time, who control this? That's a lot of money for those for those uh, cartels and those families, and so it's not just the fentanyl, like you said. It's, it's of course methamphetamine, heroin, still coming across, cocaine, and then the uh, the human trafficking aspect of it, the sex trafficking aspect of it, the indentured servitude, modern day slavery aspect of it. Because these people, you just mentioned Guatemala, uh, and and the and of course the Northern Triangle. These people don't have six to ten thousand dollars a piece to pay to, to get across, so they have to owe the, the cartel in debt, and that's why that's where you see them transported out to different parts of the country. A lot in actually in the northeast and in, in the the southeast, uh, where they go to work for different companies and nefarious actors, and they're housed. Uh, very communal and you know very small places for two years at least to work off that debt there is no other way to explain it. that's slavery and and uh, we 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 it's astounding to me that we're allowing that in this country in this time in our lives and uh for the vice president and the president and others to to look the other way again it's criminal and the if we take the politics out of it in terms of the, the partisan side or bipartisan side, look past that for a change. And I think that's what we as sheriffs want the American people to understand. This is a humanitarian situation. These are This is victimization on the highest level from sexual assault to extortion to you name it. And that's where we need to concentrate. This is not right. In any country in the world, this is not right. It's not acceptable. And yet, here we are. 
You know, uh, years ago, back in the 80s, um, the, really the federal government declared war on organized crime. Mm-hmm. You know, Rudy Giuliani was a prosecutor in New York. Uh, they even changed the law, which became the, the statute federally, you would know, known as RICO, yep. right? Racketeering yep. influence corruption, because they realized that if you have the Don, the godfather in the mm-hmm. Bronx, and picks up the phone and says, take care of the problem in Miami, mm-hmm. and then someone, it, there's a hierarchy, mm-hmm. they go and they execute. Now, the Don could walk in a court, hey, I never left, I didn't leave my yeah. house, yeah. right? And so they had to establish, they literally changed the law to say, no, 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 if, you, if there's a chain of command, you had this person do that, so you're responsible. What, what mystifies me is why we haven't adapted our laws to combat the cartel violence. In Mexico. Yes. And, and, and yes. I should say the cartels of Mexico yes. in our country. In our country. In our country. They yeah. are. It, does, it is mystifying. Yes. And, of course, when we don't have that support... And you can have the best uh, United States attorneys and, and special assistant United States attorneys, but when they're not supported that's right. by the administration, yes. really, the, let's face it, those are appointed positions yep. the, the, in each of these states. And so this is, this is organized crime on a level we've never seen oh, yeah. in America. A whole other level. Way beyond. Way beyond. And Sheriff Donahue, now, you know, I've, we, we both have been here in the past. Mm-hmm. In the past, I, I was fortunate enough... Um, I was on the South Lawn that time of the White House, President Trump, all the sheriffs, I even have a photo of it gathered, yep. uh, right up along the steps. You had a partner in the White House. Yep. You seemed to have a, a, a president who was willing to listen, who they would adapt, you know, and because it's very fluid. You're dealing with, you know, people, the enemy, they, they adapt their methods depending on you, right. how you operate. It's mm-hmm. almost like a fluid football game in a sense. Um, what, it, what stands out to me is there's no outreach from this White House to even engage the sheriffs that are in town for conversation. Has not been. You're so correct. And I do remember that. I remember meeting with the president twice personally. Wow. Twice when we'd come out here and once in the, in the uh, east wing and once in the west wing. And when the man shook your hand and looked you in the eye and said, I will never not stop supporting you you sheriffs and and vice president pence the same way we knew they were behind us and, and they did bring us to the table and they did support law enforcement throughout the country we can't even get a conversation with this administration there it is there it is yeah and let me just show you so that's uh well there was the president but where, where am i there we go that's myself and oh, sheriff that's, tom Hi- isn't yeah, that a great you, photo that's a great photo iconic yeah, iconic is. and it's, what a day and what an atmosphere it was and i'm i'm honored to have been a part you of were all right of that there. yeah that was september of 2019 and it's just it's just stunning oh. that we can't even get a conversation no and you know you don't want to have us at the white house that's fine but okay. but have us a conversation and we can't get there but to me that is like you know uh, that is like a general in war that doesn't want feedback from what's happening on yeah, the front lines. That's a great point. You know? Excellent. Um, and, Sheriff, before I let you go, and again, folks, our, our guest here on the John DePietro Show is Sheriff Dunahue. Uh, where, you're, where we're broadcasting to, you can basically get to Woods Hole, and then you take the ferry to the vineyard. It's about an hour away from where I'm broadcasting from. So everyone in that area, very easily, you could drive to Woods Hole, you take the ferry over to Martha's Vineyard. Um, what was your reaction with the governor of Florida? He's caught some flack on it, but Governor DeSantis saying, let's see how you adapt to just, I th- whatever it was, 4350 uh, migrants, illegals, what have you, landing on the island. What, what did you think of that? Well, when I stopped laughing, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's appropriate. It was. I, I support. I support the governor for yes. doing it, and I support Governor Abbott for doing what he's doing. Oh yeah, Big you know, time. It, it's these people want to talk out both sides of their mouth. That's right, right. Yes. And then you want to tell us there's no crisis, but you get 50 people there, and it's all of a sudden a crisis. You got to bring in the military, turn the island upside I'm down, wondering. and the first thing they did was ship them off the island. Exactly, they were in Cape away Cod within there. an hour. You know, yeah. within a day, they didn't say, okay, you know, the, well, first of all, there really weren't children. They take a photo of one child. Right. They were mostly, you know, and I, a reporter I know was right there. That said, listen, the majority of them were young men yep. in their 20s and yep, 30s. That's what they are. So, but they didn't say, hey, why don't you enroll in the school? Why don't you marry an islander? That's why right. Why don't you get a job? No, first thing, everybody line up because you're getting off the Get out of here. Get out get of my out sight. Of here. Yes. You know, it's no different than Chicago and, and that, yep. you know, that and the hypocrisy is literally terrible, immeasurable. Yes. And so, no, I support what these governors are doing because, quite frankly, 
why don't you try this on for size? We have to do this every damn every day. Every day. And, and people, far more. Far, well, far. Hundreds of thousands. And Unreal. literally we're, we're at 2.1 million this year alone. That's right? right. And so, honest to God, just the hypocrisy coming out of there. And, and it's not going to change. No. That's why we have to speak to the American people. Yes. We, there's no sense talking to this administration. Because no, no. it just doesn't do any good. It's not a two-way conversation. Folks, no. he is Sheriff Donahue. Canyon County, Idaho. Sheriff, great to see you. Great I want to see you to know you. the people are behind you. Thank you. You know, the American people are on board. The American people understand it. As much as Governor DeSantis caught some flack, people, that was a very easy way to demonstrate how it's easy to talk about. But then when they had to deal with it, they went into sheer panic. That's true. And yeah. if they, if any of these people could see what I've seen on that border when I, I was down there last week again, as wow. you know. Yes. And it's just the 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 criminality Terrible. the victimization yes the the, te- the fear and terror these people are living through down there every day including those who are trying to get here to make right. a better life for themselves being exploited on both sides of the border yep uh it's it keeps you up at night it's it's images you don't get to get out of your head That's right. and and these people don't want to see that and they don't want to no, talk about it no. it's unfortunate sheriff Donahue, thank you for joining us on the job thank you so much show. thanks keep, for being here doing keep what you're doing, doing. Your thing absolutely sheriff Thank All right. You. Godspeed. Folks, again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And this portion of the program, folks, and we have some, some uh, other guests that are going to be coming right along. And some that uh, we've been interviewing for several years now. It's, it is a little bit of reunion, everybody here. But I want to remind you, folks, about Propane Plus. Call them today, 401-885-4209, 401 885 4209 for Propane Plus. Now, in Massachusetts, you can call them at 508-252-3359. Propane Plus, heating and cooling, three generations. They're available 24-7. They'll keep serving you for a long time to come. It's Propane Plus. Folks, give them a call. And also, they have a very uh, user-friendly website. It's Propane Plus. Well, folks, I want to um, tell you, and again, right now at 1128, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And uh, since I've been coming down uh, here to Washington, and again, folks, our broadcast continues, there are um, one of the first guests I had, and I was so intrigued by them because they were Arizona cattle ranchers. And then they, uh, to me, they made a show about them called... Well, that features Kevin Costner. But anyhow, they uh, they live it, and they are so kind enough to uh, join me again here on the John DePietro Show on this Thursday. I want to welcome um, and say hello once again to our friends. It's Fred and Peggy Davis. Good morning to Fred and Peggy. Good morning, John. Look We're at so you two. Here, here you are. Here wow. we are. Back two again. people that never age. Oh, yeah. You're my new best friend. There must be something. What What did you think of when you saw? And granted, it's Monday. It's uh, it's not Arizona, but but when you saw, and if you watch Yellowstone, how it are families trying to preserve their life of farming as developers are trying to come in and take over. Uh, any any thoughts on well, the very I'm, popular program? I am. Uh, I've turned into Beth Dutton. You have. Good for you, Peggy. <laughs> and, Peggy and Davis was the original Beth Dutton. I was the original. And yes. um, I, I really think what we now, we're working on a train station. Oh, yeah? We need to take some people to the train station. Oh, okay. Listen to you. Wait a minute. I know what that means from watching the show. Right. Um just so people understand, ranchers from Tombstone, Arizona, uh, founded 1867. Uh, just give the people listening again, how, uh, approximately how, this is your 10th year, by the way. How, how big is, is the ranch? 10,382 acres. Wow. Holy cow. That's a huge piece of property. And I know that in the past, if you want to get off the property, that's that's no small feat if you want to get into town. It's quite a bit of ride to... to well, it's 12 miles to Tombstone. Yeah. About 35 miles to a grocery store. Right. It's not like just backing out of the driveway. What What is the situation right now for Fred and Peggy Davis as far as the, the poorest border that we have right now? 
the the people that are coming now in Arizona are are drug related, oh. cartel related. Uh, no more families, no more migrants. Uh, there are quite a few unaccompanied minors that have either been sold into trafficking or they've been kidnapped somewhere and put into trafficking. Um, so there's quite a few of those um, that they're having to deal with. But now we have uh, more drive-throughs. Um, the cartel people are in vehicles trying to get out of the county uh, instead of they're not walking so much anymore. Wow. So we had we had a drive-through just day before yesterday when we were on our way here. As as we were gone, um, they came through our our ranch on a high-speed chase, and so there is that. We've had a couple of those recently. Describe for people, uh, Piggy Davis, what what a, a drive-through is. Well, well, Fred can tell you that. There, yeah. we had one on the ranch about three weeks ago. It was a suburban with 12 people in it they tried to stop it they call the police call it a failure to yield so they call another border patrol have him come from the opposite direction they see both lights they crashed through the fences drove out into the ranch uh the helicopter came caught out there were 12 in that suburban 12 plus, plus oh. the driver wow they're well that's all right Hold on, folks. You're listening. Go ahead, They're Fred Davis. Hiring kids on social media, or most of the drivers that they catch are under 30. Uh, they're coming from Tucson and Phoenix. They give them a thousand dollars a head to haul them up there. They tell them if you'll drive 90 miles an hour, the police will stop chasing you. That's Ooh. true of DPS, but it's not true of the Border Patrol or the Sheriff's Department. Ooh. And. Um, they've killed three people in Sierra Vista, the closest major town, running red lights and trying to avoid capture. I can remember interviewing the, the two of you um, years ago now, but I think even saying, you know, at nighttime, sometimes you could hear the people and there was a group kind of moving across your property or they would travel at night and you could almost hear a radio and. You know, you can hear them sometimes coming over. This sounds far more organized. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course it's organized. I mean, you know, back in the day, we could we could hear chatter from time to time, but our dogs could hear them, and they right. would just alert us at night. I still have that occasionally. You do. Um, but not as often. But, you know, who's coming across now doesn't want to be captured. So, I mean, the sheriff department has warned us that if we do see somebody to not get on our phone where they can see us because they will kill you to, to avoid capture. How? Holy cow. Now, what does that do for your family, children, grandchildren, visitors? What is it like now living Right, and through no fault of your own, but in the epicenter of all this. We've no. got to arm our grandchildren as soon as we can teach them how to operate mm -hmm. a weapon. Yeah. It they've known nothing else. In fact, our, our children are 40 and 44, and they've known nothing but illegal immigration problems. And so I guess you just get numb to a lot of it, and it, it is the way it is, and you have to be vigilant, and you're armed. Hmm. What, what was your reaction when Vice President Harris went on uh, Meet the Press and said, to her knowledge, the border's secure? <laughs> I can only laugh because she hasn't been there. Yeah. She doesn't want to go there. Right. She, she knows the border's not secure. She's nothing but a liar. And Let's just back up. And again, folks, with me are Fred and Peggy Davis. When, when they reach your ranch, back up. Where were they six hours before that and maybe 12 hours before that? Before, you know, if, if you spot, spotted someone, okay, you can see them in the distance. Mm -hmm. Where were they six hours before that, say 12 hours before? Now, again, just like rough estimation of where you believe they were. Well, well they were on the other side of the border. They were. I mean, um, either waiting until there was a stations where they could just cross easily. Uh, I don't know what Fred's perspective is on this, but they 
paperwork of amnesty, which isn't a rumor, but yeah. if they hear that, they're there. Wow. Amnesty. We're going to get yes. in the United States. When they walked and got to our ranch, it, it would take them all night, maybe a day and a half. Nope, mm -hmm. they're picking them up, up within three to four miles. That's all there's of change. Sure. Pickup yeah. deals. Huh. Now, after 2005, when the Minutemen came to the border, the cartel went, oh, goody, now we can control the drugs and the people. Wow. Well, and that's why the speeding, too, you know, yeah. the, the faster that I-10, the faster, uh, you know, yeah, they're no. in Massachusetts tomorrow. So once they get in. Yep. They're in a hurry to get to the interstate. In the 80s, it cost $100 to get a ride from Douglas to Phoenix. Now it's 7000 Oh, wow. That's real big business. Yeah. Now, what also people should re would realize is the cartel also would be ruthless about anyone trying to move in on their action. You're not just trying to stop law-breaking. You're interrupting a criminal enterprise, which to me, that, that makes it far more... More far dangerous. more dangerous, you know. Of course, uh, I deal a lot with law enforcement covering different crimes. Um, it's one thing somebody rips off and steals someone's drugs. It's another thing if they steal from a highly organized fear drug dealer, because then there's going to be retribution. There is a difference. But go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, if any, I'm going to use ranchers as an example, yeah. but any rancher along the border, if you think they've got a problem, you ought to be a rancher on the other side. Because on the those Mexico people, on the side. Mexico side, because those people have a big problem. They, their ranch, they're told, only belongs to you during the day. At wow. night, it belongs to us. Huh. Now, our government, though, there are members of the cartel in your area, and on a daily basis, maybe their assignment is to go and pick up people that are arriving, coming over the border. Is that accurate? I don't think. <laughs> Who's picking them up? They're hiring people. They're hiring they people. hire people to pick them up. On, okay. on social media. On social media. Uh, it's basically where they're doing wow. it now. And they're, they really like to, you know, get young people involved yes. because, you know, they're in for a quick, easy buck. And yeah. Most of the drivers they catch are 25 or under. Wow. From Phoenix or Tucson. And I, I'm not even sure. What would the penalty be? You're 25 years old. You know, you answered an ad to pick somebody up. You it would almost jail. like you say you're, you would go to jail. Yeah, wow. Oh, okay. So it is severe. Yeah, the illegal might not. <laughs> the illegal may not. That's yeah, right. They'll turn yeah. them loose. But what? transporting is Transporting's a, been a federal offense. What, 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 what has it been like the past 18 months since President Trump left office and then President Biden came in? You're shaking your Literally head. Literally overnight, the day after Biden's inauguration, a little girl was kidnapped out of her ranch house. In a remote area of New Mexico, right n near us, um, by three illegals. And what they're, I mean, you can only assume what they were going to do with her. And uh, her mother was in another part of the house with the other kids, and she discovered she was gone. And her dog had gone and followed her off. And she suspected, she saw footprints, and so she called Border Patrol, and uh, they did take chase and the illegals knew that they were behind them so they abandoned her three miles from their house in Whoa. the desert uh, so she and her dog were there when they uh found her so she, they got her back um by the grace of god she's fine but uh, you know emotionally she's probably never going to be fine and right. the family moved um to wyoming or montana or somewhere and got Got out of Dodge, if you will. Uh, but that was literally the day after the inauguration. And the Border Patrol whitewashed the kidnapping. They, they? said the little girl what? walked off and oh. made up this story from watching too much TV. The family what? didn't even watch TV. Huh. They didn't own a TV. Hmm. Fred Davis... Um, Folks, again, our guests uh, on the John DePietro Show are Fred and Peggy Davis, Arizona cattle ranchers. Um, tell me a little bit about your grandfather. Bill Davis came from 
both my grandfathers came out of Texas in 1895-1897 came to Arizona and worked for the bigger cattle companies that were there at that time he Bill Davis worked for 50 cents a day and if you night herded you got an extra 50 cents wow what's night herding literally what it sounds like moving the herds at night no holding hold oh. well so where there they were no fences scatter. oh okay you, right yeah <laughs> and, uh, he put together he started with that meager beginning and put together 80 sections, which is 80 square miles of ground before mm-hmm. he was done. And, and what about your dad? Well, uh, he ranched there forever. was a great guy. An uncle of mine told me at his funeral, he said, I, I don't know of one person that didn't like your dad. Mm. He was, and Peggy, what, what about your family? How did you end up in Arizona? Well, I was raised on a ranch in Colorado. Um, and Fred and I met when he was in college. And I was um, working at a beauty shop in Pueblo, Colorado. But we were both involved with rodeo um, our whole life. So that's how we met was through rodeo. And we um, got married in December of 1972, which will be 50 years this wow, December, folks. Look at that. To the same person. Mm. I've been married to the same person almost. And so is he, as a matter of fact. (laughs) What was the rodeo like in the 60s? Oh, wow. Um, You know, it was a family. It was. It was a family thing. And, um, you know, I'm blessed that uh, my family got to spend a lot of time together. Um, And and we raised our kids in the the rodeo industry. And we have... uh, said many times that when you put a couple of kids in a pickup truck and you've got horses behind you and you travel for hours and hours and hours you're going to learn to get along yes and you really do learn to how to work out problems when Mm. you're stuck in a pickup truck with a bunch of kids so how is how has rodeo changed how is it now? Do you still go? Is it still? We do. Yeah. Um, and our grandkids are now involved are in they? junior high and high school rodeo. In fact, our granddaughter qualified for the national junior high finals. We flew to Perry, Georgia to watch our Wow. So, you know, um, it is a, uh, a situation where they learn a tremendous amount of responsibility. They learn that they achieve something through hard work. Mm. Nobody's handing it to them. They're certainly not snowflakes no? at the Davis Ranch. That's I'm, true. But I'm still involved. I'll go to the National Senior Pro Finals the first of November. Fantastic. Where's that going to be held, Fred? Buckeye. Buckeye. Okay. Want to go to a sporting event where they're they're patriotic? Yes. That's where you go. Yeah. yeah rodeo has become a. Uh, we know, all take real. our hats off when yeah, the anthem's played. Well, mm-hmm. Nobody's kneeling. No one's kneeling. they're praying there. Now, Peggy, the people on Martha's Vineyard, they feel that when Fred and Peggy, when you see these members of the cartel coming across your ranch in Arizona, you should be out there with open arms saying, how can I help you? Are exactly. you thirsty? Are you yeah, hungry? We should be doing that. <laughs> However, I will say that we have helped more migrants over the years, yep. more illegal people than anybody in Martha's Vineyard ever did. They can't or take ever them, will. Or ever will. Yes. They can't take them for 24 hours without whining. That's right. They and shipped I've them off that them island. My whole married life. Wow. But that's okay. Yes. That's for the 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 lesser people. They to felt take them care of so them. bad they shipped them off the island within a, within one day. Yeah. They can't take it. <laughs> Sanctuary city dissolved. Yep. That's somehow. right. Yes. I don't know how to spell hypocrite. They didn't say, why don't you give your children a role in the Martha's Vineyard School? They didn't say, why don't you marry one of the islanders? They didn't say, why don't you get a job here? They said, everybody line up to that bus. We're going to put gonna you take on that you, bus And, and you're you going to get the hell off this island. Somewhere yes. else. Yes. Because we are really important people. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we don't don't deserve the likes of you so you know i wish people understood what they really think of the rest yeah. of the country you know, again folks i my guess are fred and peggy davis you know what i also want to just emphasize and get that people to understand that are listening is it it, it makes a world of difference who's who occupies the oval office because 
during the Trump years, this forum, there was a sense we're getting control of it. We would have ICE agents, Border Patrol, you know, we're getting the resources that we need. The sheriffs would be honored at the White House. There was a feeling of we're going to bring a sense of order to it. I think where the media really misses the story is Biden, Harris, what they basically do is they have embraced chaos at the border. Of course they have. By ignoring it, for one thing, if you don't know what's going on, you put your blinders on, you don't know what's going on, you can say anything about it, and you didn't see anything, so it must be... Um, it must be secure because I'm not seeing any anything, but your blinders are on. Yep. I've asked a great number of people how they can explain how open borders is beneficial to any American citizen. And I don't right. get... You're not going to get an answer. It's probably no. beneficial yeah. to the folks in Martha's Vineyard. The elitist. Yes. Now, Fred, what, what, what do you have on your ranch? What what type of uh, what type of cattle do you have? Red Angus and Beefmaster Cross. Um, we raise our calves are born in the spring of the year, February, March, April, and we sell them November, December. Is it is it hard to find ranch help, or are there plenty of people that embrace well, the lifestyle? Well, we raised most of it, and they're still there. <laughs> oh, all right. We should have had more kids. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. Um, we have neighbors at ranch, and, and we trade help with them. Okay. Um, working cattle, it's pretty easy to get help. It's when you are building fences or building crails. That, Is that the hardest part of the... Well, or putting in pipelines, or there's, there's a lot of people that want to be a cowboy till it's time to do cowboy stuff. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> cowboy stuff isn't yeah. fun a lot of the time. I didn't know, again, if they show Yellowstone, if that's suddenly gotten some people kind of open their eyes like, hey, maybe maybe I want to do that. Well, you know? well <laughs> not so much. It's Hollywood. There's three ways you become involved in agriculture. Okay. You marry it, you inherit it, or you make a lot of money somewhere else oh, okay. and invest in it. Yes. Now, okay. the big majority of ranches are going that direction. Yes. Um, it's it's tough to hold them in a family for very long. Yeah. Uh, very few family businesses survive the second generation, let alone work. But it, but it sounds like really one of the biggest challenges is just the illegal immigration that you have to tolerate, put Absolutely. up with. Yeah, that upsets your lifestyle. Congress yeah. repealed country of origin labeling oh. in mm. 2014. Yep. Uh, I sold my calves that year for $3.04 a pound. Last year's the most I've got since then at $1.60. Oh, wow. And you'll notice in the grocery store... The prices go up. Yes, they think they we're rich. Oh, wow. But it's the Packers. The Packers that make the money. There's only huh. four Packers in the 50s. The government broke them up. Six Packers in the 50s. And huh. they said, this is a monopoly. So now there's four? They did. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a monopoly. They're buying. Yeah. Is labeled american beef and it probably isn't as long as it's packaged here they can label it american beef wow and so they should be on all of them i don't care if you're liberal or conservative you want to know what you're eating yeah and you really should get hold of your congressmen and senators and say we want country of origin labeling back and that changed in 2014 yeah obama did that of course he did yeah also, uh, before I let you go, boy, Arizona's also changing, though. You have a lot of people moving in from California, and they bring their voting habits with them. Yeah, tell and us about it. they've elected two Democratic senators. Yes. How about that? Yeah, thank you, California. I never if thought you I'd see the ever day. ever voted thank Democratic you. there, stay there, please. Right. Don't come to Arizona. No. I, it's just, don't bring your riffraff with you. No. It's no. hot. It's horrible. Nothing yeah. good. Never. You don't want to no, go. No, you won't like it. We have snakes, scorpions. There you go. Folks, it's Fred and Peggy Davis. Great to see both of you. Thank you so Keep much. Keep up the good work. Thanks much appreciate us. you coming by. Well, you know, this is job security. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Great to see you. Folks, again, you too. Fred and Peggy right here.
on the John DePietro Show. I want to remind you right now, uh, local time, it's 11.51. We have far more guests to come. It's Thursday. It is September 22nd. We are coming to you from our nation's capital. And we have uh, much more, many more guests coming between now and 2 o'clock. This portion of the program, folks, is brought to you by Do Have an Emergency. Contact at Med Urgent Care. Pop in there. That's where you want to go. If you have an emergency at Med Urgent Care, something happens, someone's uh, injured at work at Med Urgent Care, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, also 5750 Post Road in East Greenwich, at Med Urgent Care. Comprehensive outpatient health care, individuals, families, they specialize in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment services. They also provide immunization at AdMed Urgent Care. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative, hospital-based emergencies. And remember, whether it's walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, laboratory, adult vaccinations, at Med Urgent Care. Now, for those that have COVID, it hasn't gone away. They offer and have mononuclear antibody infusions. At Med Urgent Care, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, and also 5750 Post Road They will see you within 30 minutes. They will see you or the patient within 30 minutes. I receive email from some of you. You go to an emergency room, six-hour wait, seven Aussie at AtMed Urgent Care. Stop in and see them. Folks, visit the website, dipetro.com. Again, it's 1152 on this Thursday. And dipetro.com is brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Delicious lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Coesed in. So we have more guests to come. And again, with one eye on with what's happening regarding the truck tolls. That was wrong. That never should have happened. The fact, think of everything that went on with those truck tolls. And then a judge steps in and says, you know, on second thought, it's unconstitutional. Just have them. Folks, the big thing to watch now and Governor McKee, you know, he threads the needle. The laborers, they have $40 million from the truck tolls earmarked for them. They don't care that it was tossed out. They don't care that it was tossed out. All they care about is they want their $40 million. So it's coming from somewhere. You know, the best example with Governor McKee and the laborers, the unions, the Teamsters, it's, it's like the, the scene out of Goodfellas when, when they agree to give Paulie, suddenly he's part owner of the restaurant. Business slow, blank you, pay me, right? Oh, do you have a fire? Blank you, pay me. Uh, it doesn't matter. They want their money. So I don't... Passenger cars. Governor McKee's statement yesterday, we're not looking at tolling cars right now. What does that mean? Does that mean in November after the election? As long as they're there, it remains an option. What I'm anxious to see is if they take them down. But then, you know, someone was telling me, even if they take them down, they could be then easily installed. The first, instead of cutting the budget, instead of cutting spending... And come in the form of, you know, we don't want to do it, but, you know, there's the budget and we don't want to cut the budget and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's that's how that stuff, that's how it happens, folks. That's how it comes about. So I don't, um, you know, and they may say we're only going to put it in the morning because we don't want. You know, we want to cut down on people using their cars for morning drive. That's how that stuff comes about. Now, I'm looking at some other headlines right now. Amazon, their first exclusive NFL game, draws 13 million viewers. Folks, streaming is where it's at, and the NFL is definitely where it's at. 
Let me see this. New profit on trail with Mastriano is prayer coin salesman who calls Biden an antichrist. I don't understand what's happening. You know, how about this? Football player. College football careers are being stretched from four to five years, as many as eight. I've been here since it feels like the 1920s. Oklahoma State punter Tom Hutton is 32 years old. The Wall Street Journal has the story. Tom Brady briefly tried out retirement, but at age 45, he's still a few years away from being able to fully join AARP. The University of Georgia's soon-to-be 25-year-old quarterback, Stenson Bennett, is already embedded with the retirement group. Bennett and some of his linemen are stars of a new AARP commercial in Georgia that warns seniors of fraud. A student quarterback may seem like an odd choice, but Bennett's one of the most popular people in the state at delivering them their first national championship. Quarterbacks who are at least 23 or will turn that age by the end of 2017. There's even a 32-year-old punter suiting up for Oklahoma State. Well, folks, what's going to change all of this, and I'll just jump into the article a little bit, and I'm not sure, but it's, see, now that they have, they can make money off of name image likeness. So suddenly now you could have older individuals. The whole thing is whether or not you can't have more than four years of eligibility with the NCAA. But they write in the article, this Tom Hutton, Oklahoma State's Australian punter, started as a 28-year-old freshman. So, see, this will really, as much as college football has been the minor leagues, what it's going to start to do is draw in players. All It's all about eligibility, whether or not you're eligible, because the money's going to be there. The money is definitely going to be there. For those that want to be able to play. Now, uh, at the end of the program, we are going to have our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, go through a little bit some of the accusations with the um, the charges against President Trump. Well, we're going to do that at the end of the program. Well, folks, here's what we're going to do right now. It's 1159. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We are going to break and get a news update we have much more to go. I did post on Facebook the interview with Marjorie Taylor Green, Representative Taylor Green. We have more guests ahead again. We are coming to you from our nation's capital. It is Washington, D.C., day two. So we are going to break, get a news update at the top of the hour. And then we have far more guests just getting started here on this Thursday, September 22nd. Let's do this. Let's break for the 12 o'clock news and then we'll have much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show.